Good morning, baby gamers. This is Breaking the Lore. The show where two girlfriends dig deep. To find the weirdest and most obscure bits of trivia. I'm Nissa's girlfriend, Sarah. And I'm Sarah's girlfriend, Nissa. So buckle up, because tonight's episode is... Gotta catch them all. It's Pokemon, part two. Part it, two, baby. It's, like, it's fine for me to use the same the same little intro catchphrase, right? Because it's like, that's part two. I mean, it's... No one's gonna knock you for it. Well, I mean, someone might knock me for it. I guess. I guess this is you saying that's an invitation for, for, for someone to write in the comments. Fuck okay, you. Nobody was... knock. Nobody knock Nissa for it. Yeah, okay. that'd be that'd be kind of mean. I, I think I'd be. Do you want actually? Do you want to do another take? Do you want? Do you want to do a different one? No, no, no. That's that's all I got. So I, I oh, think okay. we're I think we're just gonna go with it. But uh, yeah. This is the part two of, of our Pokemon episode, and by the part two, I mean we're recording this intro this week, but um, that's about it. We record everything else. We, I kind of forget what we talked about for the most the, part. The episode was uh, recorded in one fell swoop, and then we recorded separate intros and outros for part one and part two. So this episode has all kinds of things. It's a mystery, even to me, specifically. I, I know the vague, the vague strokes of what we talked about, but... It's a fun, it'll be a fun adventure for everyone. Um, except for, except not really, because then you'll be hearing me in the past where I knew what I was talking about. So it's only a fun adventure right now when it's future me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's let's start with this with some questions, because that's what we always questions. do. And I, and I think even though it's a part two, we can still start it with some questions. Yeah, let's get some more questions in here, baby. Um, what, um... See, I didn't have any questions, and I said I, I said I'd figure it out, but but I didn't. Um, but I, I will figure it out. So, what is? Oh, you know, relating to what we talked about today, because I do remember one specific thing we talked about. What? Um, what is your favorite legendary Pokemon? Ooh. Okay, so my favorite legendary Pokemon. I kind of... I have a lot of favorites. I'm sorry. Well, you got to pick one. I don't want to hear apologies. I want an answer. Celestila. That doesn't count. You you can't say Celestila. Don't count? Ultra Beasts are not legendaries. They're weird ethereal, other elemental beings. They're they're weird. Ultra Beasts are legendary. They're alien monsters. So is Eternatus. Did I say that you could count Eternatus? Because I don't remember saying you could count Eternatus. <sighs> okay. Real one. <laughs> um, what about the Zygarde core? Like the little, like little cell. Yeah, the little squishy baby. Like, like of all the legendaries, your your favorite's <laughs> the little Zygarde cell. They're cute. Okay, listen, if that's what you want to lock in, you can lock it in. So I got some other contenders. <laughs> I said to call Lugia, Type Null, Cosmog. Type Null doesn't count. <laughs> Type Null? Type Null doesn't count? Type Null is a... Okay, actually, we're, we're in a sticky situation where it's kind of similar to Mewtwo, actually. I was going to say it's a lab monster gone wrong, but that's, that's Mewtwo, so I guess... Yeah, but, that's okay, Mewtwo. But okay, but, but, but... Mewtwo does but, have the legendary distinction. 
does type null like officially have legendary distinction? Yes. Really? Type null is officially legally a legendary Pokemon. Well, there's some lore that we didn't intend to break in this two-parter because we didn't break it in the original session, but it's apparently type null is officially a legendary and I never knew that until today. So, fine. Whatever. Now pick one. <laughs> I told you Zygarde Core. Okay. Then then you went on some tangent about a bunch of other ones. I didn't know you were locking that in. Because you were calling me out for having a bad choice. I didn't. It wasn't a bad choice. It was just a, a weak choice. Anyway, um, mine is mine is Celebi. I love Celebi. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, okay, because I was going to ask you after this, your favorite mythical Pokemon. No, this isn't... No, you know that I do not legally recognize the distinction between mythical and legendary Pokemon. I think they are the same thing. I don't care. I don't care what other people say. I've thought that they were the same thing since I was a little kid. I'm going to keep thinking they're the same thing because I'm set in my ways. they used to be the same thing. It's... it's, The distinction was something they made in, like, I think the fifth generations when they started making that distinction. It's too new for me. It's too too fresh. When you were a kid, sure, mythical Pokemon were basically just legendaries, but now they are their own separate class. It's it's like saying you don't recognize fairy Pokemon. Like you're not you're gonna say Clefairy Whoa, and Gardevoir I, are I not love, fairy Pokemon. I love fairy Pokemon. I don't know why. They didn't exist when you were a kid. That's listen, in many ways I am still a kid. So So maybe you should accept mythical Pokemon into your heart. I don't. Because like like, you know how I said in many ways I'm still a kid? <laughs> One of the few ways that I'm not is attached to the mythical legendary part. I've, I've grown up and recognized that they're the same thing, you know? Well, in that case, my favorite mythical is Shaman. <laughs> okay. You, your favorite legendary is Shaman. Got it. No, um, it is not. No, no, no. Anyway, I love Celebi. I love her pink shiny form. If you're going to be a real dick about it and make me choose, like, an quote-unquote actual legendary, then Starcry. <laughs> but, um... No. Unless, unless... What? No! No! What? Why would you... Why are you doing this? Why, why am I doing what? Darkrai is mythical. Darkrai is not a legendary? Darkrai is mythical. Since when is Darkrai mythical? Since fucking when? Since it was only available through mystery gift distribution. That's stupid. Is is um is Cresselia mythical then? No, Cresselia is a legendary. That's that's the stupidest. No, that's that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. They're not different. <laughs> They're the same. They're twins. <laughs> like they can't be. Mewtwo like, and Mew. That's like Mewtwo no, and Mew. No, baby. I don't care. I'm not listening to what you're saying right now. Like that's like, it's like saying Latios and Latias are like, one's a mythical, one's a legendary. And if you tell me that one's a mythical, one's a legendary, I'm just gonna hang up and we're gonna stop recording this intro. No, no, Latios and Latias are both legendary, but like, it's not unusual. It for is Pokemon unusual. To be like, it's perfectly unusual. Okay, Arceus is a mythical. And then Dialgapalk and Giratina are legendary. Okay, I, ha- I take I take offense to Arceus being a mythical then, because that doesn't make sense either. What is okay, Ar- legendary okay, Pokemon? What is Arceus if not the definition of a legendary though? Like, explain that. To Arceus me. is Arceus is the definition of a myth. 
It is a creator okay. god. Then why then why aren't um Dialga and Palkia myths as well? They're the same. They're they're gods too. We talk about this later in the episode, so I don't know why we're hashing it out now. But like, Dialga and Palkia are provable. So is Arceus. Arceus is not. Okay, that's the problem though. Mythical Pokemon are just as difficult to find and just as provable as legendary Pokemon. And you can't really argue with that because you have to do weird shit to get to both. Like, to prove the existence of Dialga and Palkia, you have to get the red chain, you have to get the lake trio, you have to do your whole ceremony. It's the same as going to the Sphere Pillar and playing the Azure Flute to get Arceus. Like... Both require a complex set of steps to prove that they're real, but you can prove that they're real. So I don't buy that distinction, and I'm like doubling down on legendaries and mythicals being the exact same thing, because now I'm like personally angry at it. <laughs> you have to agree, my logic is relatively solid. I, I mean... It is. You're think, right, but like, but like, I just, I just think like examples like Arceus and Darkrai are where the wheels like really start to fall off, because Arceus, like, it just, it's weird that like they are mythicals, but their counterparts are legend. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. It feels very arbitrary. It feels very random, and it doesn't feel like. It just, I, I don't recognize the distinction. I recognize it even less than before we started this conversation. <laughs> I can't believe I ruined it for you. <laughs> you. You made me like mythicals even less. They're all legendaries. I'm not backing down from that. You can make a Breaking the Lore merch site and, and put they're all legendaries on a t-shirt because that's how committed I am to this. <laughs> oh, I'm mad. But anyway... I think that based on what we talk about later in this episode, that is the perfect point to get into the content that we filmed like two weeks ago. Yes, yeah, so let, let's let's let two weeks ago Sarah and Nessa take over. So let's break some lore. So yeah, I looked through all the myths in the Pokemon region. The Canalave Library has tons of them. And then I looked through like the individual regional myths. And then I forced you to look at the Galar myths because I didn't feel like it. Because at that point... I was exhausted, and Galar has a lot, so I did the, like, I, I mean, I posted on Twitter, but I, I was just like, I'm not reading all that. <laughs> Good, I'm glad that happened, or I'm sorry that happened, whichever. <laughs> like, I mean, there's also, I haven't, I guess I don't really care about Galar spoilers, let's be honest. I'm, I'm moving through that game at a snail's pace, and I don't think it has much of a story. So, um. It's a, it's a story that has no conflict. That's how I'd describe it. That's not promising. <laughs> but so I'm going to I'm going to go through all of like the individual myths and then I'll ask you if you think these are the Canalave library myths and I'll ask you if you think this is true or not. Like cuz cuz some of these I was reading them okay. and I was like I think maybe this is a fable. I think maybe this is like like you know like just one of those like Aesopy type like it didn't really happen. Yeah. Um okay. So the first one was like sort of the myth or the, the story of why Pokemon are in the wild grass. Um, and it was that humans and Pokemon, like at one point they, and this is another one that like stood out to me as kind of like blurring the lines. They exchanged goods. Like they had like trade, they like helped each other. And so it was like, 
almost like a, it's, it almost seemed like they had like a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon type community and then like a human community. But, um. Goods? Yeah. Um. Okay. The Pokemon and humans, like, they exchanged things and they worked together. And then one day, like, a Pokemon called together all the Pokemons and was like, we should always be there for humans, so let's always meet them in the tall grass whenever they go in tall grass. What do you think about that one? I think that's a fable. I think it is, too. I, th- I think it's... I don't think it's a fable because it doesn't have a lesson. I think it's a myth. Um, yeah, a, a myth. They're, like, trying to explain why Pokemon live in the tall yeah. grass. Yeah, like, I think yeah. it's just one but of those, like... it doesn't really like, make sense. Like, when you see something about your world and you want to explain it, so you come up with, like, a fun story for it. Because... Yeah. I know, because I think the part that, like, was it for me was, like... Um, the Pokemon having a meeting. Like, I was like, there's no way, like, every Pokemon in the world had a meeting. No, that that, that sounds like something out of a, out of folklore. Yeah, like, that's me. definitely a myth. Um, I'm going to skip the ones to do with legendaries, because okay. we'll come back to those. Those are touching on that next, yeah. Um, so a knight had a sword, and mm-hmm. he killed a Pokemon, he ate it, and... When he was done eating it, he realized that there were no Pokemon nearby him anymore. They were all gone. And he started to get hungry, so he went looking for Pokemon. And as he went looking for them, he met one, and it was terrified. And he was like, why are you so afraid? And it was like, because you kill and eat us. We don't want to be around you. <laughs> and um, and he was like, what? I didn't possibly think that this was a possibility. And he breaks his sword, and he's like, I'll never ever hurt Pokemon again. And they're like, okay, good. And then he never did again. What, what do you think of this one? Well, I think that's definitely also, like, a myth. But it just sounds like it's trying to explain why people don't eat Pokemon anymore, which we also just established isn't true. I think it's more trying to establish why weapons aren't a thing in this universe. But weapons are a thing in this universe. How many characters do we see using weapons? Like, like real weapons. Well, I mean, the the one that stood out, out to my mind immediately is the ultimate weapon used in the war three thousand years ago in Kalos. And, and that was a that was a very bad thing, and we learned from that. And we don't make giant Pokemon killing nukes anymore. <laughs> like, I, I mean, aside from the world killing weapon, like that's that's different. That's. That's very different. Um, one second, let me look through. I mean, a character I thought of, I don't remember if he has a sword, but I think I think Wickstrom could learn from this fable. <laughs> that man goes around in armor all day. I guess his Pokemon don't mind it, but he he's quite like the hero of this story. Well, I mean, okay, uh, Zacian and, and Zim is whatever the fuck. Um... Yeah, there's like an an ancient sword and shield, and it's like part of the the lore of Galar. But that could also be from the time of um, when this story would have theoretically taken place. Yeah. Um... But either way, I I agree with you. I think this is probably a fable. Um, I think it could be based in some degree of fact, but probably not. Um. The only weapons I can think of that we see people use in game are whips. That doesn't count. 
Yeah. The only degree of fact that I think this story holds is that probably like swords and armor were common at one point. Um, which is which is evidenced by Wickstrom because he wears armor. Yeah. Um, I think I think otherwise it's just a fable, and I think I think it does explain why weapons aren't really a thing in this world, and why we don't like even if we eat Pokemon, why we don't just like go around slaughtering wild Pokemon, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like we don't we don't just kill Pokemon with reckless abandon. We fight them with each other, I suppose. Um. Skipping the legendary ones. I mean, I'll, I'll say this legendary one just because it's not terribly tied to like the creation story or anything. Um, one that I thought was kind of fun. We don't even need to debate if it's true because I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure it's true. Um, one, it was it was literally just like fuck with Lake Trio and you're fucked. Um, it, it it was basically like if you look into Yuxi's eyes, you're gonna lose all your memories. If you touch Mesprit, you're gonna lose all your emotions. If you hurt a Zelf, um, you'll lose your ability to move. <laughs> you'll just be completely mobilized. Um, oh god! I think it's true. I mean, Yuxi doesn't open her eyes ever. Um, well, because the page was—it was interesting. The page pointed out Yuxi doesn't open her eyes ever. Obviously, Mesprit runs away, and. I don't remember this from the games, but apparently Azelf possesses things a lot. I, I don't remember that, but... I don't either. Um, but apparently it's true, so... Um, maybe it's an anime thing. It, it's possible, like, oh my in the anime, Azelf likes to possess things. Um, but I thought that was interesting, and, and it's probably true. Um, I think that's the other... Yes, the, okay, so that's all the other little random ones. Um, so I'm going to talk about now the myths of, like, the gods and stuff. Like, the Pokemon. Because I've always been really interested in, like, Pokemon pantheon stuff. Oh, honestly, me too. <laughs> like, I've, I've always been interested in, like, how do all the, like, Pokemon gods, like, go together? Who's in charge? It's, it's Arceus. And, like, how does it all, how does it all fit into place? Um... So, I'm gonna go. So, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna go from. I guess the beginning. I'm gonna try to tell a cohesive story of how Pokemon came to be, and then I'll like go through the random myths that, like the Ho-Oh and Lugia, like the ones that don't really fit into the creation story. Mm-hmm. So, according to all the Pokemon games, the creation story is as follows. So Arceus was born in a cosmic egg. And um, the part that's a little confusing is the plates, because apparently the plates, like, the, like you know, the, the typing plates. Um, yeah, the Arceus plates. Apparently the Arceus plates, um, when it created the universe, they were like the shards of the plates, like the shards of the universe or something. But also they apparently have the power of like titans, that Arceus killed. Titans? Yes, it implies that before he created the universe, there were like elemental giants or something. And he killed them. The Reggies? Red, right, like it does sound like Reggies. It sounds like a bunch of Reggie Gigases, but there's a normal type place, so. It's very strange. And I, I don't quite understand it, but um, 
maybe the plates came about later. I, I think I think that's what we have to work with. I think the plates can't possibly have come about at the very beginning. So I, I think the shards of the universe might not be quite literal, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, so Arceus was born in a cosmic egg. It hatched. Arceus made Dialga Palkia and probably Giratina. Um, so for Giratina, it's rather complicated because Giratina is not in the original legend that you learn Diamond and Pearl. Um, in Platinum, Cynthia is like, oh, by the way, they covered up the existence of Giratina. Um, Giratina is not mentioned in any of the legends. It's really hard to find out information about Giratina. And she gives you like any shred of it she can. So Giratina doesn't really fit into this story. Um, because it was actively erased from history, so we don't really know where Giratina fits in. Um, okay. But so Arceus... I mean, I always thought Giratina was like, because like if if Dialga is like controlling time, Dialga is controlling space, and Giratina is controlling antimatter, and was just banished for misbehaving. Well, I guess the, to its own little. The realm. idea is that. Dialga and Palkia created matter together with their two, like, powers. I feel like that'd be more Palkia's thing than Dialga's, but we're gonna roll with it. Um, so then Giratina would be, like, the opposite of the two of them combined. Um, yeah. And that does seem to be the vibe. Um, I think Cynthia mentioned something like that. Like, Pal- like Giratina's, like, it's both of them, but opposite, sort of. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. But, um... <laughs> Antimatter, yeah. But yeah, like, I don't, I don't know about getting banished from his be- I couldn't really find that. It's probably in a Pokedex entry somewhere. Um, but I couldn't find it in the, like, myths and legends that you learn in Pokemon Platinum. But, um, so I I would have to check the Giratina Pokedex entries to see if that's in there. I'll look at them right now while you're doing this. But, um, but yeah, so Arceus created Dialga, Palkia, and Giratina. Um, Dialga and Palkia then created the universe with the help of Arceus, obviously. Um, and then Giratina created its distortion world. Um, and then the Lake Trio was created both to help, like, populate the universe. Like, sort of like, because they, they represent knowledge, willpower, and, um, like, a, like a mo- emotion, spirit? I don't know what Mesprit is. Uh, knowledge, uh, willpower, and emotion. Yeah, Mesprit's emotion, right? Um, yes. Because because that's why because like you know you lose your memories, you've lost your knowledge. If you are immobilized, I think the implication is like you've lost your will to move. Um, and then if you lose your emotions, that's really quite one to one, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I think the idea is that. They created, so I think the three of them come together to form spirit, like just like this, like life, I suppose. Um, so I think the three of them were created to create life, and they were also created to control. They're supposed to be the only beings that can control Dialga, Palkia, and Garatina. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Arceus was like, "My work here is done," and and went to sleep. Um, Again, I don't really know where the, the Reggie fighting came in. Um, <laughs> I guess Arceus probably made more stuff. Like, like the myth ends with Arceus there. 
But I'm choosing to believe that Arcee is stuck around for like the rest of this and was probably like involved in some way in the rest of this. Because so after Mesprit and so after the like the, the trio forms spirit and the universe is formed by the other trio. Um so Groudon and Kyoker. I, I was like laughing to myself when I was researching them. Cause like, okay, so Groudon and Kyogre create the land and sea. Yes. Groudon is born from the depths of the earth. And Kyogre is born from deep sea trenches. Okay, um, the way I see it is that like like a primordial soup, I guess. Um, there would have been trenches. Well, okay, Kyogre, I mean, Groudon probably lived in the mantle, right? And there wasn't like a crust yet. Okay. And Groudon made the crust. And Kyogre, I don't know where the water comes from because Kyogre calls upon rain to create the oceans. But where's the rain come from if there's no I think it ocean? just creates it. So, like, like water cycle be damned. I think it just, just, just makes the rain come out of nowhere. It's a sea god. It can, yeah, it can do whatever it wants. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. so, so Groudon and Kyogre just kind of manifest. It, it doesn't say that they're created by... I had assumed they're created by either the spirit trio or Arceus or... Like, you know, like it's, it's probably... I, I would say it's probably a group effort between both trios and Arceus makes Groudon and Kyogre happen and they get in a big fight and there's people apparently um because they there's people already yes apparently because it's a, I, I read like Rayquaza was answering prayers so I guess maybe they existed for a long time they were like creating the world and then they started and... fighting yeah, they they started on like opposite ends of the earth. Like Groudon's over here, like on like the western hemisphere making Pangea, and Gra- Kyogre's over here in the eastern hemisphere creating the oceans. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, okay, in that case, so yeah, then they start fighting after because I mean, Yuxi meets Spirit and his elf. Like it's implied that they create Pokemons and humans. So I mean, since they're around from the beginning, they can also probably create humans and Pokemon pretty early. So yeah. Um so yeah, so so I like your idea of Pangea versus a giant ocean. Um and then they run into each other and they start fighting and humans are like, This sucks. And and Rayquaza answers their prayers. I don't know where the fuck Rayquaza comes from, but Rayquaza answers their prayers. And I assume Rayquaza would have been made at the same time as Kyogre and Groudon, because it's like the land, the sea, and the Right, because... Rayquaza makes the atmosphere. I always forget that Rayquaza, like, made something. I, I kind of only remember Rayquaza as, like, the one who gets between them. But it, it makes sense. Because, yeah. Because there would need to be an atmosphere for the people to be alive. Um, yes. So Rayquaza comes down and is like, just, just stop. And then they do. Very nice. But then they go to sleep. They're, they're tired. Mm-hmm. So they get trapped in the orbs and they're sleeping. And that's where my good friend Reggie Gigas comes in with the other Reggies that are just kind of there. Um, the other Reggies don't really have much to do in, in the myths. Like, I'm not just making this up. This is all, like, myths. No, no, yeah, you're games. right. Um, the Reggies don't really do shit, to be completely honest. They're like, 
they're there at the time of Reggie Gigas, but he does like all the stuff. Um, I kind of got the feeling that like Reggie Gigas just made the rest of the Reggies to have some friends. Probably. That would make sense to me. But yeah, Regigigas, so like, presuming, I think the Pangea theory actually makes a lot of sense because Regigigas creates the consonants. So I assume that Regigigas, like, rips the consonants apart. No, yeah, it's been said that Regigigas towed the consonants. Yeah. Which I always thought was really cool because, like, Groudon made him and Regigigas positioned him. Yeah. So Regigigas, so now that they're sleeping and people can do whatever they want, Regigigas is like, all right, I'm taking over world building. And he makes the consonants consonants. And then the people are like, wow, I love you, God. And then, and maybe like this is, there's maybe there's like other Reggies and, and Arceus kills them. I don't know. I have to explain the plates somehow. I'm very confused about the, the lore behind the plates. It's, it's very confusing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, people are like, wow, I love you, Regigigas. And then they're like, actually, you're kind of scary. So they like make the big temples and, and lock, or, lock away the Reggies and they, and they make it purposefully complicated. Um, like on purpose. Um, but, but the world is made. And, I, and I'm actually pretty sure that's the entire world lore. It's like obviously myths for all the other legendaries, but I think that is the story of how the world was built. Um, Arceus was born from the egg, created the trio that created the universe, created the other trio that created life, um, created Groudon, Kyogre, Rayquaza, who created the air, ground, and water, created um, the Reggies, who made the world look like it looks. And that's it. Um, <laughs> so that's the entire creation story in Pokemon, according to the games. It's very oh. Sinnoh-heavy. Um, well, because Sinnoh, like, in addition to digging into um, the evolutions of Pokemon. It was also a game that was very heavy in, like, the origins of the universe. Well, yeah, it's... Sinnoh and Hoenn are really the only two regions that kind of have anything to do with the creation yeah. of the world. Like, Sinnoh and Hoenn are the ones that, like, really come together to tell the creation story. And then, like, the rest of them don't really have much to do with the creation story at all. They just kind of have their own no. myths and legends. Like, if you look at the Myths and Legends page, which is where I'm pulling this from on Bulbapedia... Um, Kanto doesn't have any like any legends at all. The only one is from the Orange Islands, and that's that's the anime. Kanto um, has three big birds that just kind of live there, and then they have this genetic monster that was made by the mafia, and that's and it. even like Mew. Like the only real lore for Mew is that like it existed like even before fossil Pokemon, it existed at the time of the gods. Like it was like. I mean, Mew's the ancestor of all Pokemon. Yeah, so like Mew was like one of the first Pokemon they ever made. So, because I I have, I have on here one of my bullet points is is Mew are just vibing at the time of the gods. Like there's there's no information about Mew's creation or like what they were doing. They just are noted to have existed at that point. Yeah, I got the sense that like maybe after the um the spirit trio like Arceus is like okay now you are Mew and you're gonna make all the other Pokemon yeah like I think well I mean I'd even say like because fossil Pokemon don't come about for like theoretically a while after this so like mm -hmm. I'd even say it's possible that like like maybe the like the prey maybe the praying humans were Mews like 
Again, oh, yeah. remember, yeah. like, we're, we're talking about potentially, like, divergent evolution. So, like, maybe Mesprit, Azelf, and, and Yuxi just, like, made, like, a fuck ton of Mews. And that was, like, what was populating the Earth. And, like, the Mews. And then Mew started, like, evolving into different Pokemon, like, Darwinian evolution, not Pokemon evolution. Yeah. And that eventually created humans as a result. Yeah. I think that's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, so going into like the smaller myths, because that we've really nailed down the creation story. So going, I'm going to go region by region now, because that's the order my notes are in. So, um, Johto is Johto's pretty simple. I, I, I have to say, when I was taking these notes and researching, I, I do respect how simple the earlier Pokemon myths were. Um, yeah. I was so burned out towards the end of researching this, just because it gets so so overcomplicated as we go along. <laughs> um, so Johto, the region, they built the Bell Tower and the Brass Tower. Um, the, bell, the Brass Tower was Lukia's and the Bell Tower was Ho-Oh's. And one day the Brass Tower was struck by lightning and it set it on fire and three Pokemon died before the fire was put out by the rain. So even though this even though this was Lugia's tower, um, Ho-Oh showed up. That that was the weirdest part of the myth for me. I was like, where the fuck is Lugia during all this? Because, because, um, because even like, there's so much, it, it seems like there's more myths for Ho-Oh than Lugia. Because I'll, I'll jump ahead. Um, at the end of this, like, Ho-Oh can only be summoned by a trainer who's pure of soul. And Lugia's just kind of vibing in the Whirl Islands. <laughs> Lugia was like, my tower's gone. I'm gonna go fuck off on my little island paradise. I'm done. No more myths. Basically, no, yeah. So it's it's very strange that like Ho's the one. Like I guess Lugia was just like, oh, my tower got fucked. Well, fuck everyone. See ya. Fuck it. I I like I like living in the ocean better. Who cares? <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I can't even really see Lugia like living in a tower. Seems much more like a ocean Pokemon. But um. Yeah. But yeah, so ho shows up, and it decides to, like, very ironically revive them, because it doesn't just, like, bring them back, right? It revives one of them as the lightning that struck the tower, one of them is the fire that burned it, and one of them is the rain that, like, put out the fire. Mm -hmm. So ho has a sense of humor or something. Um... And these Pokemon are obviously Entai, Raikou, and Suicune. Um, are the three? I assume they were probably like, I don't know, maybe Eevees or something. Something that had it had to be something like. Like I was, I was just about to ask you, how do you feel about the theory that they were um, Jolteon, Flareon, and Vaporeon? I'd believe it because I think they had to be something like kind of probably dog-like or like you know. Yeah. So I I, I agree with that theory. I think. Even maybe they were just three like Eevees. The... Like, I don't even need them to be Jolteon Flare. Because, like, the myth explains pretty clearly, like, why they ended up in the forms they were in. But mm-hmm. I'll even believe that theory. I'm, I'm fine with that. I like it. Um, but, yeah. So everyone who saw this happen was understandably, like, that's what? <laughs> I was horrified. <laughs> so they were like, eh, maybe we're too scary to be around humans. And they ran off into the wilderness never to be seen again except that's not true because we see them again but um 
And then Ho and Lugia also were both just like, okay, bye forever. Um, and like I said, Lugia's vibing in the Whirl Islands, and ho is waiting for someone who's pure of pure of heart to, to come summon it again. Um, so that's Johto. Very simple, very straightforward. Um, yeah. Because, like, it really doesn't even have big stakes. It just explains where the trio came from and why the one tower yeah. is, like, all burnt up. Um, moving forward. So we go straight to Unova because, like I said, Hoenn and Sinnoh are very, like, those are, like, the bigger scope myths. Yeah, but we, we didn't touch on all the legendary Pokemon of those two. I didn't research any of the mythicals, I'm going to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I'm not talking about mythicals, I'm talking about Latios and Latias. See, I could only find... Do they... What are their legends in... Do you know offhand their legends in the, the games? Because I only found their legends in the anime. Um, the Eon duo... Um... Because see, the Myths and Legends page, it did have a section for the Eon duo, but it was only talking about their movie. It, it wasn't talking about, like, anything in the games. So I wasn't aware if they even had, like, hard set lore in the games. That's the thing. They, they kind of don't. I don't really understand. Like, they're not, I don't know. There aren't really any legends about Latios and Latios. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like... When we yeah. like, I, I was right the whole time to, to not include them. When we do the when we do the anime episode, I think it would be we can return to Latios and Latias because the anime does come up with like a myth and legend for them, obviously, because they star in a movie. But um, we'll 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 come back to that when we what, do the what anime. What about uh, Cresselia and Heatran though? Um. Well, I mean, Heatran wasn't Heatran just like there was like a volcanic event and then boom, Heatran. Well, he trains the embodiment of the planet's boiling core. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think there was like a volcanic event and it just like crawled up out of the core and was like, I'm here. So you don't think that like, I mean, this would obviously, it doesn't, it would be more of a theory, but you don't think that like Arceus or Doug and Palkia when creating like the world put Heatran in the center? I think it's like... complicated because we already have Groudon in the center of the Core. That's what I was saying, because like, that would make Heatran and Groudon have some sort of connection that's never been a part of the game. I mean, I think... <laughs> but... Well, and Heatrans are a species, right? Like, they're not, like... Heatran is weirdly, like, the only legendary that has a gender, but does not have a set gender. Right, exactly. So, like, I think... Heatrans, I'm pretty sure the vibe I got was that they're a species. Like, you can only find one, but there's, like... Theoretically, multiple of them. I mean, it was said to have been born at the same time as Dalgapalki and Giratina and create the battle zone. It's bizarre. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think Heatrian fits as well into the creation myth as everything, but I, I suppose. I feel like if you were to, like, make, like, a film about. Uh, the Sinnoh creation myths, Heatran would just have a cameo. Yeah, I know, exactly. Heatran would just kind of be there and not have its own, like, little plot line. Heatran feels like one of those, like, kind of random titans who, like, oh, you were there too, weren't you? 
<laughs> like, um, Heatran, whatever. Um, I guess, yeah, Heatran, I guess when, okay, when Groudon went to sleep, Heatran's climbed, Heatran's had something to do with something. I don't know. Um, the games don't know, so I don't know either. Um, Cresselia and Darkrai, I don't. I, I didn't research. What are their. Because they weren't on the Myths and Legends page. Do you know what their, like, myth is offhand? I mean, they're the lunar duo. Cresselia represents the crescent moon, and Darkrai represents the new moon. Yes. And, like, Cresselia's, like, sweet dreams, and Darkrai is nightmares. Yeah. And they have and opposite islands. Yeah. That's about it. That's about yeah. it. So I, I was. <laughs> I. <laughs> I guess you could say Cresselia has, like, Cresselia and Darkrai have something to do with, like, knowledge, emotion, and willpower, and that they're, like, dreams. Yeah, like, unconscious desires know. and fears. Like, I mean, yeah. Cresselia probably represents unconscious desire, and Darkrai probably represents fear. Um, mm -hmm. I would be willing to assume that they were probably both created around the same time as conscious beings. Um... And again, they represent those two sides, but this is all speculation. Yeah. I think it's really funny that you, like, stop me dead in my tracks be like, wait, you forgot these important ones. And then I was like, oh, okay, can you tell me about them? And you were like, there's actually no information. <gasps> okay, well, you did the legendary Pokemon research, I thought. Which is, <laughs> okay. which, which wouldn't it make more sense that I would know what I was doing when I skipped them? <laughs> okay. It's just, it's just really funny to me that you were like, wait, that's really important. And then there was nothing. There was no information. We, we speculated and it was fun, but there was no, like, actual information. All right. <laughs> anyway, back to Unova. Reshiram and Zekram. Um, they had a really, like, small-scale myth, which I didn't expect. Because I was, I remember when I was going into this, I was like, wait, what are Reshiram and Zekram? I don't even know what they represent. Um, and they're, they're like a very small-scale legend. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, but Reshiram and Zekram were initially one Pokemon. And they were owned mm -hmm. by twin brothers who were like, they were like leaders. And they got along. But then one day they had an ideological difference between which is more important, truth or ideals. You know, like, sort of like pragmatism versus, like, dreaming, you know? Yeah. Um, so to deal with this, just it, it, it grew into quite the dispute, um, and it divided the brothers, and it divided their Pokemon. So Reshiram and Zekrom were born. I, I don't know if, like, one of them is specifically truth and one of them is specifically ideals, or I think it's... I think it changes because I think whichever one N has is supposed to be like the ideals one, maybe. It seemed like it was no. No, they're like they're set. They're set in stone. Which one's which? I think it is, but I don't remember which is which. Because just like the paragraph <laughs> I was reading didn't like seem to have any interest in like hardcore calling one or the other one or the other, which was very strange. Um, I mean, I guess it, it, it must be one is one and one is the other, because in the second game, Curium, well, you look it up and see if you find it. 
But um, there is a truth in ideals. Um, but um, at, at any rate, Reshiram is truth. Zekrom is ideals. Okay. Reshiram is truth, and Zekrom is ideals. But um, so they had a big fight, like like a physical fight when the Pokemon split. Um, and Reshiram and Zekrom were completely evenly matched. So the brothers were like, okay, I guess truth and ideals are equally valuable. We shouldn't fight over this anymore. Neither of us is right, basically. Mm-hmm. And then um, they died. And their heirs Aww. didn't care about that. So <laughs> their heirs were like, no, 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 I'm right. Truth is truth is correct. Or no, ideals is correct. And they had a big war. And unlike these two who were like, oh, we're evenly matched. Let's, let's throw in the towel. They went until the entire country was destroyed. Um, and then I, I, I would assume they died, the twins, because it doesn't say what happens to them after. But um, Reshiram and Zekram disappear. And, and I assume the twins died during the fighting. Or, or I mean, it's not the twins anymore. It's their heirs. But um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then from there, Curium has two origin myths that you want to debate me that they can go together. I don't think they can go together, personally. Um, so in one origin of Curium, a meteor crashes into the chasm where you find Curium. I don't remember what it's called. And um, Curium is like an icy meteor. And Curium is born from this meteor. And the nearby Lacanosa town, Curium goes out every single night to slaughter people and Pokemon that are wandering around at night, causing Lacanosa town to build a giant wall and enforce a strict curfew that continues to the modern day. Um, yes. The other origin myth, which I, again, I think these completely contradict, and you do not. But um, I don't. in the other game, in the other, um, well, okay, so then that's the origin of Curium in Black and White. In Black and White 2, a completely different origin is given, which is that Curium, when Reshiram and Zekrom split, because again, that was lore in Black and White 2, that, that didn't, I don't, did that come into play in the first game? I don't remember. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, when Reshiram and Zekrom split, um... Curium was like a remnant left over, which I think is kind of weird. It, it almost, I like the other one better personally, but um, when Reshiram and Zekrom split, Curium was what was left over, and now it roams the earth waiting for a hero to come along and reunite it with only one of its halves? It specifies that it doesn't want both halves back. It doesn't want to be complete. It wants like to be two-thirds complete, which is very strange to me. But um, apparently that's that's what it wants. It it only wants half of itself back. Um, but so yeah, you you think these don't contradict? Okay, I don't see. Okay, there are two ways this can go. Uh-huh. Okay, so either the original dragon came from a meteorite that crashed into the earth and then once they were separated now Kiram was alone 
was just an empty shell of its former self. No truth, no ideals, just here to spread chaos and kill. Um, or, what? The problem with that one is it heavily implies that, like, the slaughtering started, like, the night of the meteor. Which leads me to my other theory. Okay. Which is that after they were split apart, Curum was sealed away underground, and this meteorite crashed, formed the giant chasm, broke open that hole, which is the cave you find Curum in, and now Curum was cut free to go and kill as it pleases. I suppose that's plausible. So Curum didn't come from the meteorite, it was unleashed by the meteorite. I see, I don't think, I think, I think that's a fine workaround, but I also don't think it's in the spirit of the original myth, because, because, like, the meteor is kind of, it, it's not really relevant to the story in that case. Like, it, like, it happens to be what breaks it out, but it's much less of, like, like, I was willing to even believe, like, it was, like, what revived the remnant, like, the meteor, like, hitting it with alien radiation or whatever the hell brought Curium back wrong. Like, it was, like, a empty carpus or whatever. Um, but, see, I mean, okay. So, out of universe, clearly what happened here was, in Black and White 1, they weren't even thinking about merging Curium and Zekrom and Reshiram. Yeah. And then once they came up with that concept for Black and White 2, they were like, shit, we gotta, gotta come up with a lore reason that this happens. So they were like, okay, it can't be an alien meteorite monster anymore. It needs to be, like... Because it was clearly supposed to be some kind of, like, space Godzilla type thing, you know? Because, mm-hmm. um, like, see, that's the other thing. Like, the murdering isn't even mentioned in the second game's version. Like, it just says that it's, like, looking to be reunited. Like, it doesn't it doesn't mention any slaughter. It doesn't mention any murder. Um... I think your second workaround makes sense. I, I do think it's like throwing a band-aid on something that's clearly not supposed to go together. <laughs> but I think it makes sense enough to work. Yes? Yeah, alright. Like, I think the devs clearly Jesus. didn't. Because I think there's even... I, I remember seeing when I was researching this, there's even like an NPC that's like... Actually, you know that one that we told you last game? I think that's just not true. Um. I mean, yeah, when it comes down to it, like, that could just be a Lacanosa town legend. That, like, that's how they explained what happened. That doesn't mean it necessarily is true. They so, they know that a meteorite crashed, and then that after that, Kirim started killing people. So they assume Kirim came from the meteor. That doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Oh, no, they're referring to even, like, the murdering and the meteor. Like, they're referring to, like, every bit of it with the I don't hmm. think that's true. Um, which which makes it weird that they have a curfew. Like, that that, that, that tells me something sinister is at play if, like, they have a curfew and it's not because a giant Pokemon was murdering people. Um, but uh, I, I like the idea of them being working together. I almost like my idea of it, like, reviving Curium a little more than yours of freeing it. Just because I want the meteor to be like, I want the alien meteor to matter more in in the the version of the story. Um, All right, that's fair. I, just, I like the idea of the alien meteor mattering because I like that part of that story. I like the space Godzilla. 
Like, I, I like the idea of, like, the alien radiation maybe, like, reviving it. And that's why it goes so, like, berserk, you know? Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, but yeah, so it's a different opinions on Curium. Um, so then we got the legendary musketeer guardians sword guardians. I don't, I don't know what this group is called, but this trio. The swords of justice. Yeah, the swords of justice. My little ponies. Um... It's, it's like the best trio name the Pokemon, legendary Pokemon have ever had, and you don't even know it. No, I, I literally... The Swords of Justice? In my notes, it literally says, the legendary sword guardian musketeers whatevers. That's that's what I wrote down. <laughs> I could have at least called them the musketeers. I'm not going to call them that. Um, so, these ones are interesting. So, they are basically... Um, they're strange guardians that protect... It doesn't say... We don't ever learn where they came from. We learn where Caldeo comes from, but we don't learn where the other ones come from. But they are like these mysterious guardians that exist to protect Pokemon from humans. So there was a war in Unova, and it started a fire in Icarus Moor. And the guardians managed to get all the Pokemon to safety because Terrakian made a safe path. Verizian shielded Pokemon from harm, and Kabalian just organized it, I guess. Um, but the entire forest burned down. Um, I think when you get there in like the game, there's there's no forest or anything. Um, but so they got all the Pokemon to safety. So in the ashes of the forest was Keldeo, and they they were like, all right, it's it's destiny, and they adopted Keldeo in. And they, like, ended the war. Like, they, they went in, they overpowered both sides, and they were like, war is over, pack it up, go home. Um, which, I've been reading the Injustice comic, and that's, that's exactly what Superman does to, like, every single war. <laughs> and it's, it's, it, it's what leads him to being a fascist dictator. So, <laughs> the comic actually makes it interesting. Like, it, like, I remember at one point, Batman's like, He's ending the wars, but it's fake peace because he's not solving the problems. He's just scaring them into not acting on the problems anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, that's exactly what happened here, too. <laughs> so it's very awkward. Um, and then I guess like that's that's just how they are. They roam around stopping conflicts that hurt Pokemon, which... I don't like a like like they seem like they're a world traveling organization, but where the fuck were they in in the like the the giant end destruction Kalos war and and also where were they in the Lieutenant Surge war? Like like where? <laughs> well, actually, I do have a if if you'll indulge me. I mean, there's no okay. For the Kalos War, it's actually entirely possible that they might have been in Galar. Why do you say so? Because, yeah, I don't even gotten there, but in the Isle of Armor, there's like this little side quest involving the Swords of Justice. And it doesn't really say much, but like, they must be there for a reason. And the Darkest Day from Galar history <laughs> was 3,000 years ago. Which would put it at about the same time as the Great Kalos War. It's true. So that's actually a fair point. That makes that's that's interesting. I, I think they could actually have been in Gallery. It doesn't explain why they were sleeping yep. on the Lieutenant Surge War, but um, 
We don't know much about the lieutenant search ward. We don't know that they were sleeping on it. Actually, I mean, I guess that could have been the ward described in the story since like Lieutenant Serge, we'll come back to it. He's, he's quote unquote from Unova probably. Um, so maybe, maybe that is the Lieutenant. Well, how long ago was the Echibus more for? Cause Lieutenant Serge, he's not that old of a man. I mean, the more of Icarus, like, it looks like it's grown back pretty well. Actually. So actually that was probably a much longer time ago. So it probably is not the same war, but um, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I wonder where they were for that one. We don't know anything about that. We don't know if they were there or it's not. It's possible. Um, for the next one, because we're continuing down the line, I literally just wrote, Sky Ogre lore sucks. Um, <laughs> that, that trio, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't like that trio. I don't like the ogres, um... I don't really like the forces of nature much either. They're kind of my least favorite. I don't think they have a good design. I don't think they're interesting, but their lore sucks ass. I, I said, um, I literally, <laughs> two of my notes are, well, one of my notes is a boring version of the Kyogre and Groudon lore. That's exactly what it is. That's, that's yeah. 100% what Basically the sky and the thunder ones. I didn't even, I don't even remember their names. I, I think, is it literally just like thunderous and liars? Tornadus. Okay. So Tornadus and Thunderous were fighting, and Landorus was like, stop. And they were like, okay. And then they did. And But sometimes they get up to their old bullshit, and then Landorus is like, stop. And then they're like, okay. So it's just a lame version of the Kyogre Groudon myth. Like... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's it's not interesting. It's not fun. Moving on. Um, I mean, moving on to an actual fun one. Um, Xerneas and Yvettel are life and death gods, which is cool. Um, that's true. Like, they're kind of... Like, I view them as kind of like... They're like minor gods, you know? Like, they're like... Probably above Regigigas in the food chain, but below Arceus and the two trios in the food chain. Probably, probably around the same place as Kyogre and Groudon and Rayquaza. I could feel, I could see I that. I think that's Definitely. where on the, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not Pandemonium. Um, Pantheon? Pantheon, yes. Um, my brain was like, Pandemonium, Pandemic, and I just, like, I couldn't, I couldn't get Pantheon. But um, I think they're around the same place as Kyogre, Groudon, and Rayquaza, if I had to guess. But yeah, so they both live for a thousand years. And they're opposites, so when Xerneas dies, it expends a ton of life energy around everyone, to everyone around it and turns into a tree. When Yvettel dies, it sucks the life energy out of those around it and turns into a cocoon. Um, Zygarde monitors the process and makes sure to remain retain, uh, makes sure it's balanced. Which, there's not a lot of detail on that. I was like trying to find out a little more on that. It's, it's because X and Y had shit lore, if we're being honest. Because they never made Zane. Yeah, they never... Zygarde desperately needs an expansion of lore. Because I, I really don't understand what Zygarde's whole... Like, I, I don't understand how the process of a life god and a death god that, like, every 1,000 years go ballistic. Like, I don't understand how that gets out of balance. Like, I guess if you kill one. But, like... 
Like, I guess, I guess is that Zygarde's purpose? Like, is Zygarde just there? Like, if you kill one Zygarde, it's like, oh, fuck you. I mean, I feel like Zygarde... I feel like they tried to make Zygarde just, like... Whenever there's something fucky-wucky going around with the um, environment. Because they just shoehorn Zygarde into Alola. Right. Because of Ultra Beasts. And it doesn't really make sense. Because, like, Zygarde's... Like, Zygarde seems like it's supposed to be, like, the arbiter of life and death. Like, it's supposed to, like, make sure that, like, life and death is in balance. Or at least... That's that's what I get out of, like... Because all we know about Zygarde is that it's supposed to monitor... And all we know about Xerneas in your battle is that they're like, they're life and death. So it strikes me that like Zygarde's probably supposed to be like an arbiter of life and death, like making sure the numbers stay relatively balanced. But, um, they they didn't care about Zygarde, so. But yeah, the only um, other lore about these is is 3,000 years ago during the Great Pokemon War. Um, Oh, I'll ask you, do you think both of these happened, or do you think it's one or the other? Do you think that both Xerneas and Yavadal were there and died, or do you think that only one of them was? Um, the Great Kalos War. The Great Kalos War, 3,000 years ago, um, Xerneas died and used its life energy to save the lives of all the wounded soldiers, and Yavadal died and slaughtered countless soldiers with its death. Um. <sighs> I mean, part of me feels like if they're dying at the same place in the same time, they just cancel each other out. Right. Because, like, I feel like if they died in the same place at the same time, Xerneas would shoot off all its life energy, Yvettel would suck in all that life energy, and then they'd become, like, a tree with a cocoon in it. <laughs> I mean, technically, I think both happened. I think they could have happened at different parts of the battlefield, yeah. That's not even what I'm saying. I'm saying they happened in alternate realities. Oh, okay. That's that's also a possibility. <laughs> yeah, it, both of them happened in different alternate realities, which is something I want to get into after we're done with this, because it actually gets really weird. But uh, Yeah, we can definitely get into that. But, um... But, yeah. So... Um, Alola. We're, we're, we're getting Alola. towards the end of this. Like, that's what I'm saying, where I got super burned out researching this, because there's just so much of it, and it, it's a, it's a lot. But, um, Alola was like, I'm going to make so many legendary Pokemon. Alola was just so, like, the mythology is just so overcomplicated in Alola. So there's, okay, so there's the Guardians, and they... All went to war representing their respective islands, but then there was mass destruction and they were like, "Eh, okay, we're not going to play with humans anymore. Um, But they still do because they still like guard the islands. I don't, I don't really know. Um, I think they protect the islands, but like they don't like humans. Like they avoid humans. They don't like humans, but they protect the islands and the Pokemon. Yeah. But they still sometimes have battle royales amongst themselves, which is why Alola has battle royale fighting. Um, so Tapus were to also fight Ultra Beasts that come from Ultra Wormholes. They would just kind of like cut them off at the source. But they're not very good at it, which we'll get into. Um, 
Solgalea and Lunala, they come from an ultra wormhole and the Tapus just get absolutely smoked. So um, the people of Alola worshipped them as gods and they were like, this is fun. But then they made a bunch of cosmogs and they were like, this will be their universe. See ya. And they left. Um, and then there's Necrozma, who was like blindingly bright and gave light to the world. Um, and then like the people of like Ultra Mega City or whatever in Ultra Space, um, they tried to control. So, okay, so there's two things about Necrozma, and both of them can't, like, I don't know what order they happened in because they seem like they contradict. Um, I guess the Alola stuff had to happen first, probably. Um, so Necrozma goes to Alola uh -huh. for some reason and steals all the light, which doesn't make sense if you're asking me, because no reason was given for this. But like, like in, in Ultra Mega City, Necrozma's punishing them. In Alola, there's no reason given. <laughs> I think Necrozma just absorbs light because it's like pure darkness no, 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 and but just takes light back in the day necrozma gave light because it was it was that big like king Ghidorah yeah. golden necrozma oh yeah so it was like a light giver it was like the sun but it says like at some point okay you know what i'm gonna blend these two i'm gonna make one happen in the middle because i'm gonna try to merge these i'm gonna try to merge these two because i think it's really the only way that it makes sense because okay so necrozma was being taken advantage of by the people of ultra mega city or whatever and it would they were trying to they were trying to control like you know how like yzma wanted to control the light in the original drafts of emperor's new not emperor's new school oh my god emperor's new groove uh -huh. so basically they were trying to do that and um much like yzma would have been in that draft they were unsuccessful but they did manage to hurt Necrozma. So Necrozma gets super injured, gets super mad, and decides to give up on being a light giver. And Necrozma steals all the light from Mega World. And so here's where I'm gonna like insert the Alola myth, like in the middle, because I think that's the only place it fits. Um, okay. Necrozma goes to Alola, steals all their light, and then Sogale and Lunala come back to defend it unless this takes place it has to take place they have to come back because of how this ends it can't like be the same as the myth where they like leave on their own accord um so they come back to defend it or or maybe it's some of the cosmogs i think that's also possible oh yeah cause yeah because they made a bunch of heirs so it's it's actually probably one of the heirs um attacks them to like fight back and necrozma's just like no and, and merges with one of the Solgaleos or Lunalas. And then steals all the light. But a youth manages to revert, because like Alola is not plunged in darkness in the actual games. Mm -mm. So I guess like before it goes back, like a kid manages to stop this and is just like, okay, it's all better now. And then Necrozma is like pissy and goes back and they're like, actually, no, we're pissed that you stole all our light. So they lock it away in like a tower or something. Um, and then the kings of Alola like burn all records of 
of what happened because they don't want people to be scared of a scary light stealing god um but that's that's the alola lore it's it's complicated um maybe too complicated hmm. yeah no it's yeah Um, but you covered Galar. Yeah, so Galar, um, so 20,000 years ago, there was a meteor that, uh, smashed into Galar and that, uh, contained Eternatus. Uh And Eternatus slept for 17,000 years. And then it emerged again and started absorbing Galar's energy, which um, which caused the uh, darkest day, which is where Pokemon were, just like Dynamaxing all over the place, wreaking havoc. Uh-huh. And that is that that's where Dynamaxing comes from is Eternatus, Eternatus's energy, and um, so Zacian and Zemazenta were these legendary heroes, the the sword and the shield, that that took down the Dynamax Pokemon and Eternatus and like sealed away Eternatus into a deep slumber. So Eternatus was like sealed into a deep slumber slumber to heal from its energies. And then while it was sleeping, that power leaked out to create Galar particles, which creates the power spots that let Dynamaxing happen. Makes sense. And that's, that's the entire, the Galar like myths. What about, I I saw sections for like Calyrex and, the horses and yes. shit. So the um so the the uh the Isle of Armor myths is like um so Calyrex was the king of Galar. The like the ancient the king of bountiful harvests because it um it promoted like good like like plant growth and good harvests, lush vegetation. Mm-hmm. Cal- and and also had a horse. A ghost horse or an ice horse. And this is where it gets kind of weird because, like, which one it is depends on what you want it to be. Interesting. And there's actually no canon answer. Well, like, you choose whether you want the ghost horse or the ice horse, Glustria or Spectrum. Well, I guess that does happen with, like, a couple other things. Like, um, there's no canon on if Necrozma took over a Solgaleo or a Lunala. Like it doesn't. Yeah. There's no information on on which one of those got taken over. Like again, there's no information on if Xerneas and Yavadal were both there, if it was one of them, which one it was. So Pokemon's not super a stranger to to things like this. Yeah. I think that's just another alternate reality yeah. thing. But yeah, so basically, people just eventually just like forgot about Calyrex and they stopped caring. They stopped believing in Calyrex, and Calyrex. But Calyrex, like, depends on the faith of the people. It depends on people believing mm-hmm. in it so that it has the power. So it loses all its power until until you help him. Aww. And so, yeah, it's, it's like one of those gods of where you Calyrex. have to, like, pray to it for it to have power. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. And then Kubfu and Urshifu don't really have anything. They just... They're Pokemon that live in faraway that's, mountains. That's fair. Um, that's, sometimes you're just a Pokemon that lives the in the gal- mountains, I suppose. The Galarian legendary birds, they just, they they like the fruits on this big tree uh-huh. in the ground tundra. 
and they fight each other. I mean, that's, that sounds pretty par for the course with, like, the actual legendary birds, which is that they don't have anything going on, really. And then Reggie Eliki and Reggie Drago are just two more Reggies. I don't get I, I don't. I, they were created by pure electric energy <laughs> and crystallized dragon energy. I really don't energy. like those other Reggies. <laughs> I've, I've never been a, they were just, a they huge were fan of, of the... Um, those Reggies. That's okay. Um, so yeah, I think that wraps up Myths and Legends. Like, I, I think we've... It really does. I mean... Kept that well pretty dry. Most of the mythicals... Most of the mythicals don't really tie into anything. Yeah. Like, Salabid can do time travel and guards the forest, but that's really all there is for Salabid. Jirachi's, like, a wishing star, and I think there's, like, some, like, every X number of years. Like, they all have... Uh, man, if he's yeah, like, they all have, like, little like... bits of lore, but nothing, like, major. Yeah. Um, so... What did you want to talk about? How much... You got, a, you got some other stuff to talk about? Okay, so, um, every version of every Pokemon game is its own separate reality. What do you mean? Like, do you... Well, okay. I so, guess, okay. Do you mean specifically just, like, red versus fire, red, leaf, green? Or do you mean, like, red and blue also exist in different dimensions? Red and blue, red, blue, and yellow, fire, red, leaf, green, Pikachu, and Eevee are all in separate realities, each individual. Interesting. Game. But, um, okay. So in the last couple of generations, Pokemon has been playing around a lot with, like, alternate realities and universes. Um, it kind of started with stuff like the Distortion World, and the dream world and the interdream zone and ultra space but um xy and omega ruby and alpha sapphire are the ones where we're really kind of uh -huh. took off because now that mega evolution was a thing and had been a thing for thousands of years they kind of needed a reason for why mega evolution couldn't have happened right. before so what they decided was callus the ultimate weapon going off in Kalos, either either it went off or it didn't. And if it did, that's where Mega Evolution comes from, and it created an alternate timeline in which Mega Evolution comes to be a thing. And if it didn't, it didn't. So the first five generations, all of those worlds are in the no Mega <laughs> Evolution world. And it remains to be seen where Sword and Shield land on this, because there is no Mega Evolution in those games. So, but there, there is the question. So does that mean that there is no dimension where every mainline game happens? It's hard to say. Like, all of the regions exist in every uh, reality, and presumably most of the stories happen the same way the biggest biggest difference this makes is let's go pikachu and eevee why as is that I a big difference 
because red, blue, and green go through their Pokemon journey a couple years before Chase and Elaine do. But Chase and Elaine are the ones who, like, fight Team Rocket and everything. So, like, the story that you go through with, like, red, blue, and green in red, blue, yellow, fire, red, and leaf green is basically the same story that Chase and Elaine do, but red and blue are still there, and they did their journey a few years ago. And it doesn't make any fucking sense that Team Rocket would come back. Yeah, the exact so same it, it takes place later in that timeline. That makes sense. But so, yeah. so, like, in the timeline, like, say you have a timeline that's, like, red, red, gold, ruby, diamond, black. So the X in that universe would not involve Mega Evolution? Yeah. There would still presumably be a Kalos region. I mean, there would, of course, be a Kalos region, but there'd be no Mega Evolution. And that's, like, definitively a fact? Like, it's not just, like, in that dimension they didn't invent Mega Evolution until we got to that time period? Or, like... Because I, because my understanding no, yeah, was, we know Mega Evolution. My understanding was time. just that, like, in see, my understanding was like, in X and Y, they're like, oh, this is new technology, it's experimental, and then like, Oras was like the prime example of like another dimension because like it was retelling the Hoenn games, but with things that the Hoenn story couldn't possibly have had like the primal stuff like that was just completely a divergence yeah so you're telling me that like even mega evolution like existing is a divergence like it's not just remakes that involve things that radically change the story yeah because um well mega evolution wasn't new in xy it wasn't remember the whole tower of mega Mm, evolution i guess yeah with Gherkin and Karina? Yeah. Interesting. Like, so Mega Evolution had been a thing for thousands I guess there of are confirmed to be lots and lots of dimensions in the Pokemon universe because, I mean, something that surprised me, I was like, is Rainbow Rocket, I was going to ask you if Rainbow Rocket was canon, and then I like stumble on the answer without even looking it up. It was like literally like a couple bullet points down on the page that I was reading. Um, Rainbow okay. Rocket every member is from a different dimension and they're all from like a like the hero dies timeline because yeah exactly each one is from a dimension where they won and and then they're bored so they come join rainbow rocket because they won and and they've got nothing better to do (laughs) because i was thinking about that because i was like cyrus i was like cyrus is implied to die in pokemon diamond and pearl or, I mean, he's more implied to die in Platinum, but I think he's still, like, relatively implied to have, like, either killed himself or, like, he's he's no longer present so, and yeah. probably not alive at the end of Diamond and Pearl. So, yeah. like, I I remember he stood out. I was like, wait, is Cyrus? Like, like, I thought Cyrus was dead. And then, so I guess he's from a timeline where Cyrus succeeded, which is weird to think about because, like, he's from, like, another dimension within another dimension because he... Like, if Cyrus succeeded, he created his own dimension. So you're pulling him through, like, two dimensions <laughs> yeah. to get that Cyrus. But, um... But, yeah, no, I was I was thinking about other dimensions when I was thinking about Rainbow Rocket and read that explanation. 
So that's really interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that like mega evolution just like as a whole only existed in certain dimensions. I, I didn't realize that like the main series games that involve mega evolution only have a no mega evolution version in the timeline of like the other main games. Yeah. There's like it's the mega evolution universe and the no mega evolution universe is how they're divided. That's really weird. I didn't know about that, but that's really cool. It's very confusing that Pokemon's doing like different dimensions and things, but I think it's cool. Yeah. Um speaking of like dimensions and, and things. So we're talking about like other dimensions and things, and like something I wanted to ask that's like sort of related to that. Is there a reason? Like in canon, I don't because you played all just on Ultra Moon. I did not. Um, is there a reason in canon why Alola is the target of Ultra Beasts? Because it, it it feels like something that like they should be cropping up everywhere, but like Alola is like the weird like hub of wormholes. When I, I I feel like there should be wormholes everywhere. Um. Okay. I feel like there is but i don't because like, like the practical why. reason is just that like ultra beasts were a, that generation thing but like in terms of actually thinking about the world it's very strange to me that it's like so localized on that one region there really isn't a reason like the only reason i could think of is like the Aether Foundation is opening them on purpose. And maybe that's caused... But but they'd been coming to Alola since long before the Aether Foundation existed, so that's not really yeah. a reason. I guess the, I, I guess so, it, I guess it's just one of those things where you have to be like, the reason is that the devs wanted it to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do open up Ultra Wormholes in Galar, too. Huh. Yeah, no, that's true, because the Ultra Beasts are... I believe they're in one of the DLCs, right? Yeah, they're in... They, there's a little Ultra Beast side quest. Like, it still seems them. strange that it's never... I guess it could just be a, like, oh, this is the Ultra Beast timeline, and there's... <laughs> but but that doesn't make sense, because they're from, like, an entirely separate dimension. So theoretically, if their dimension can converge with one dimension, it should probably be able to converge with multiple of the dimensions. Yeah... And besides, if there's an Ultra Beast timeline, then there's an Ultra Beast and Mega Evolution timeline, and an Ultra Beast yeah, and no Mega Evolution no, timeline. because Ultra Beasts come from their own <laughs> so, dimension, so it doesn't really care about the timeline. Uh, yeah. But, um, so, uh, I guess, fun fact, um, I'm running out of these. Fun fact. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm basically down to, like, I have, like, one more major thing to talk about. But, um, so, oh, here's the fun fact. The last, I think it's, like, the last one. Um, the move Toxic. Um, mm -hmm. So I've always wondered, like, where Pokemon moves come from. I've always just kind of believed they were just, like, innate powers of the Pokemon. The move Toxic was invented by a human ninja 400 years before the games. How? <sighs> no, inf uh, 
given. So, so you can ask how all you want. There's, it's, it's just, it's just something that has happened. A human ninja did the move toxic okay. 400 years before the games. Like, like, wrote the code for the I, TM? I don't know, honestly. Like. Because I don't think very many Pokemon learn Toxic naturally, but most Pokemon can learn I it I think a couple, TM. um, Psychic types learn it normally. Um. But yeah, no, it was, it was just invented by, by a ninja. Which is just interesting to think about. Huh. Um. Yeah, no, there's, there's a solid handful of Pokemon that learn it by level up. Um, I think it's a relatively recent development that Pokemon can learn it by level up. Uh, no. It's not that recent. Generation 3 is where you started being able to learn it by level up, but Pokemon could learn it by level up as early as Generation 3. Um, mm. Which, I mean, could, could just be early installment weirdness if you think about it, like... Like oh, one of those yeah. things that like they have in the beginning and then they're like, hey, actually, nah, we're going to pretend that didn't exist because it was TM only until generation three. So, but yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's interesting to think about. Um, oh, actually even more information. Um, not just a ninja, Koga's family. It was, Koga's like, invented family? by Koga's ancestors. And it's, like, their secret weapon. Um, that only... So, huh. apparently, canonically, only Koga's family knows it. In, But again, this it, it does seem like it's it's only in... Well, actually, it, it comes back in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. It's, it's oh. not because huh. like a lot of the okay. like early installment weirdness dialogue is in the remakes, but isn't in Let's Go. But this is in Let's Go. Koga saying that Toxic is like his family invented it, and and they kept it as a secret. Yeah, that's weird. So, so if you like the Pokemon move Toxic, you can thank Koga and his ancestors. You know, I guess maybe Janine made it go public. She she strikes me as the type. She'd be like, yeah, Classic I think Janine could make it go public. Um, I don't know how that means that she was allowed to like make Pokemon learn it naturally. That, that, that part seems a little weird, but um, <laughs> it went open source. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's your next fun fact. Um, so I want to like, I want to discuss for uh -huh. a second, just psychic powers are just straight yeah. up a thing. Because Sabrina has You them. ever think and, about and that? every psychic class trainer has Sabrina, them. every psychic, yeah. Avery, like pretty much any psychic type specialist is depicted levitating things yeah. just casually. I mean, I think the weirder part of this is like. Speaking of early installment weirdness, like early Pokemon games, I think they say, I forget if it's the games or the anime, I might be make, messing this up because I didn't expect to say this, so I didn't research it, but I, I'm pretty sure the early games like imply that you can only even use psychic Pokemon if you have psychic powers. Does that mean 
the player has I think it psychic has powers. I mean, I think there's a reason why that little bit of trivia hasn't been like brought back any other time like i i don't think it makes a lot of sense at all and i think they know that um but it's it's one of those like early installment weirdness like like yeah it, it's strange but it's definitely a thing but yeah no psychic powers are very common in the pokemon universe apparently yeah it's it always just kind of baffles me. I mean, you know? I think there's weirder things in the Pokemon universe. Um, it, it's the same as, like, the I fact mean, that the Hex there, Maniac there are, can yeah. probably do magic. Like, I just kind of, I'm like, oh, okay. Pokemon exists. I can <laughs> I can take magic or psychic powers on the chin. I'm fine with that. So here's, like, a little theory that, like, I came up with individually on my own, but I'm sure a lot of people came to the uh -huh. same conclusion. Um... Do you think Kabu is Flannery's grandpa? I know people have said this. I don't see why not. I, I don't think it's impossible. I, I don't, like, know Kabu's, like, stuff well enough to know. Like, I know Flannery mentions a grandfather who she, like, took over for. And I know Kabu's older. Yeah, But Flannery's... I don't know enough about Kabu to, like, have, real, like, a real opinion on this. But, um... Basically, just, they're both fire-type trainers. Flannery's grandpa used to be uh an elite four and kabu is from hoenn and is considered one of the strongest gym leaders yeah no i, I would say that kabu is probably flannery's grandfather that makes perfect sense to me yeah um so i kind of i kind of went through a bunch of the um the lead cards for the Galar gym leaders and I just I picked out a few interesting little tidbits uh -huh. uh, so first I want to talk about Milo because he's really okay. funny to me so Milo is this like huge like he's got a weird face right I... like <laughs> is that weird to say he's got a like, weird he's, face he but he's, like he's a, a person he's got like a weird face <laughs> First of all, Milo is a manlet, if yeah. I ever saw one. Like, if you look at his concept art, he is a whole head shorter than Nessa. And you could say Nessa's maybe just really tall, but no, Nessa is a whole head shorter maybe than Piers. So Milo is two maybe heads maybe shorter Piers than Piers. is just Piers. a freak. Did you ever consider that? Maybe Piers, he is. Maybe, maybe he Piers is. is just like like maybe he's just a mutant. Like maybe he's just very tall. I'm actually I'm gonna look up Piers' height. So you keep talking about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> and okay, but despite his um his his shortness, he's actually incredibly <laughs> strong because he can just he can easily move around hay bales that weigh 770 pounds he's without like even breaking his powerhouse is what he is <laughs> yeah that's so weird does he like have super strength like that's like a lot of weight for even a massive person <laughs> right i don't know what his deal is but my really funny to me and also i'm fine with that 
Nessa declared that Milo is her rival. And you know how Milo responded to that? He said that his rival is himself. (laughs) I guess that's fair. Gotta challenge yourself to your own goals, I guess. Alistair. Alistair claims to have developed the ability to see deceased ghost-type Pokemon after an accident he had when he was four years old. I feel like that'd be a way more common power in this universe, actually. I feel like like it's more weird to me that that's not a common power. (laughs) And like my last Uh last bit here, um, Melanie has five kids. Where are the other ones? Uh, I don't know. We just see in her concept art, there's like, there's like concept art of her and Gordy and four other children. That's weird. I want, I want to meet the other kids. I want. Yeah. They have this like little, this tiny little uncolored concept art. And I really want to see like a better, better art of them, more detail of what they they really look like. But like. The same budget cuts and rush that like made, or I don't even think there was budget cuts. I think it was just rush. But like. The, the, the same rushing yeah. that resulted in the wild area being unsatisfying and Pokemon not making it into the final game is that's that's where that's where Ice Mommy's kids went. They were like, oh, we can we can devote time to we can devote time to the Dynamax mechanic or we can devote time to Melanie's kids. Which one? And they were like, cut the kids, get rid of them. They said, fuck them, kids, and, and then they were gone. And I just, like, I hate that, like, there's, like, lore in the Galar region that there are 18 gyms and there's just, like, the, the eight primary ones and there's 10, like, secondary gyms, like, huh. minor league gyms. And I hate that we just never see any of them. The closest thing we get is, like, we can assume that the two gym leaders you don't get are minor league gym leaders in your version. And then... Clara and Avery are also minor league gym leaders. Weird, like they didn't release DLC it. for that. Like I feel like that would have been a good like post game right? would be to like hit up the other like ten gyms or whatever. It would have been great. Like if I was if I was making like I'd make like a third DLC because like I guess they had to have the two DLCs to do the storyline of of Clara and Avery becoming gym leaders. And then I'd have like mm-hmm. yeah, and then I and then I release like a third DLC that's like. It has like whatever gym leaders you didn't have, Clara and Avery both, and then whatever else. They'd have to come up with more, I guess, but them. Um I know. That's interesting. I didn't know there was eighteen gyms. It, it seems it does like a missed opportunity. Yeah, it's it's there like, are 18 those, gyms like empty and... lots that like didn't turn into anything in Alola. Mm-hmm. Is that so that's all the fun little things? you got on those people that's yeah that that's that's all i got <laughs> this episode's gotten pretty long so i think it's time for like one last thing um wouldn't you say so yes one last yeah thing. my one last thing Let's is make like, a good one we gotta talk about we can't not talk about real life dates and countries appearing in pokemon so like Something I've never really thought about okay. too hard until right now, because I'm going to start with this and segue in, is like, 
the admins of Team Galactic being named after planets in our solar system, I've never thought too hard about that until right now. Like being named Mars, Saturn, Jupiter, Chiron. Like clearly those are probably like that that does that definitely implies the like Pokemon planet is like in our solar system, probably. I mean it is Earth. It's which Earth, is maybe? which is what I'm building to. So Oh my god, I just I don't even know where to start, to be completely honest. Um, I'm trying to decide which part is like the least bombshell to build into the most bombshell. Um, I'm gonna go with okay. I think I figured out the order. So, um, I'll I'll just start with the most the one that everyone really knows. Lieutenant Surge is is American. Um, the Lightning American. And he the says, Lightning God American. Damn, so you know he's American. That's that's what Japanese people think American people say. Um, so, so yeah, like he's he's apparently an American soldier, an American Air Force member, who fought in an, in a war with Pokemon in America. I believe they've mentioned him being from Unova in more recent years. Um, I know that like in like Let's Go or whatever, like he was like retconned like the Lightning. They called him like the Lightning Lieutenant or some shit like that. Um, so like they took out just the country entirely, but in but in but in the early games he's he's from America just very definitively, and um, <laughs> so I've I've seen I mean I've seen theories that like basically like America exists but like the region where like New York and them is is, is just called Unova. And like, okay, I always, I I always thought that the the Pokemon world. Had basically the exact same geography that we do. Uh huh. Um. Like all the countries and the continents are all in the same place, and like some regions, some some countries are like whole regions. Like I mean, Kalos is like all of France, and then like some are, like how Kanto and Johto are just parts of Japan, and like the whole country is Japan. But those regions are each like their own Pokemon League. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. Like, that I think that definitely makes sense with like some of the stuff that's that's coming up here. Because um, again, like I I think the fact that they call him American, but Unova exists, and Unova is clearly America. Like Unova is not all of America. It's 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 more based on like the New York area. Um. So so I think yeah. Like I think like. The countries still exist, but the regions are like named the Pokemon name. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, so I, I mean, I do think Lieutenant Surge is still from America. I just think you can call it America or you know, and it works either way. Um. So, relatedly, um, like just more evidence of that. Um, do you know where they found Mew? Uh, Guyana. South America. Yes, Guiana, South America. That is that is where Mew lives. Um, which again is a real country. Um, so it and and again like early installment weirdness, but this early installment weirdness continued to the third generation because Fire Red and Leaf Green also have the lines about Guyana, South South America. Like, huh? Um, like it was taken out in Let's Go, but not 
in anything up to the third generation. So again, just just again, more evidence that like it takes place in our world and has our countries and things. Um, and then similarly, like Pokemon has human months. Like it has it has the same months as us. Um, because Mewtwo was created in February. Like if you read the diary, it's it's dated <laughs> with like April, February. Like Mewtwo's birthday's coming up. What? Mewtwo's birthday's coming Re- up. Mewtwo's birthday actually is coming up. It's it's early February if I remember correctly. Um, I think it's like February sixth, maybe. Is, is Mewtwo? I think I want to say sixth. Yeah. So so yeah, Mewtwo's birthday is coming up. Um, but then the last final kicker related to real world countries and real world months. If you talk to a man in the museum. He says that um, humans first landed on the moon on July 20th, 1969. (laughs) Can you tell me, is there anything that's like standing out to you about that statement? Um, that's how it happened in real life. Yeah, that's that's the exact day that (laughs) that's the day and year that we landed on the moon in real life. (laughs) Which implies that, like, it, it, there's some kind of weird, like, alternate history thing going on here. Like, like, not only is this taking place on Earth with our countries, like, it also has major historical events that we had. So, like, there is, like, what was Lieutenant, like, was Lieutenant Surge in Vietnam? Like, what... I mean, I think the implication is that he was in Vietnam. I was gonna say, like, like is the implication that <laughs> Lieutenant Surge was in the Viet the Vietnam War? Like, did he did he meet Mario while he was there? <laughs> <laughs> One of those like comic like asterisks. Go see Sarah's Mario timeline video if you if you want to <laughs> understand that one. Um. But yeah, no. So so it's clearly so. So not only does Pokemon take place in our world, major historical events also happened in the Pokemon world. The same day and everything that they happened here. I mean, for that matter, like there are real world animals in the Pokemon world. In the games, or just in the? Because we're not talking in the games. In the games. When in the games. So, um, the Pokedex entries for Raichu and Ghastly both mention Indian elephants. They do? Um, yes. I will read them to you word for word. Um. Where's the Indian elephant one? Hold on. Its electric charges can reach even 100,000 volts. Careless contact can cause even an Indian elephant to faint. And that is not early installment weirdness. That is the fire red Pokedex entry for Raichu. Well, like I said, a lot of the early installment weirdness includes fire red. Because Guyana, South Africa, or South South America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's because it was carried over from the original games oh so you're saying that's the original like you're saying that was not the pokedex entry in red saying that's green. something they added in fire red that's that was not red blue yellow green pokedex entry interesting 
That's that's very interesting, actually. And the same thing goes for Ghastly. That was also only in Fire Red. A being that exists as a thin gas, it can topple an Indian elephant by enveloping the prey in two seconds. They were just obsessed with Indian elephant comparisons. <laughs> they were obsessed with Indian elephants. Um, Lickitung's Pokedex entry in Red and Blue says its tongue can be extended like a chameleon's. <laughs> but you guys don't guys have um, Kecleons. <laughs> um, a sailor mentions that jellyfish sometimes drift aboard the SSAN. And also on the SSN, a chef mentions eels au barbecue, salmon du salad, and prime beef steak. That's so weird. Um, I mean, okay, for, and then, for beef, okay, for beef, you can argue that's Taurus and milk tank. You can. Because beef is not an animal. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to talk about the bird keeper sprite from red, blue, green, and yellow, which just has a a bird that is not a Pokemon. It's rather hard to tell at this size, but, um... Open and zoom in. I, I am opened. There's no zoom to in. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's like a, it's like a quail or something. Like, it's weird because <laughs> it looks like a Pokemon because it's got, like, some weird features that I don't really recognize as, like, real-world bird features. But it's not a known Pokemon. And this goes as far as um, X and Y, because you can just see butterflies in the background in some Pokemon battles. Oh, true. So, yeah, I guess that really is the case. Like, there are just just some, some animals. That's, that's so weird and interesting, because, like, even when we think of it as, like, the real world, I like to think of it as, like... I like to think of it as, like, animals just didn't evolve. Like, they evolved into Pokemon instead. But I can't really ignore that evidence that's just yeah. flatly true, even though I don't like it. I don't like the idea of animals in the Pokemon world. Like, I'm, I'm willing to accept America in the Pokemon world. I'm willing to accept the Vietnam War. I'm willing to accept the moon landing. I'm willing to accept um, Guyana, South, South America. Why do I keep saying? Okay, because there's a country Ghana in South Africa and I think or not South Africa just in Africa and I think that's what's messing me up but um <laughs> Guyana South America like I'm willing to accept so many of these things but like I don't know why animals is like the line in the sand like that's where I'm like I draw the line at butterflies I do like I'm willing to accept the <laughs> Vietnam War but I draw the line at butterflies like I don't <laughs> I don't want to think about animals and Pokemon coexisting I don't like the thought of it <laughs> But yeah, it's the real world with real Vietnam Wars and real animals and real moon landings and real countries. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for what is probably part two of this episode. <laughs> I actually have one more thing. We've been recording for like four hours. What is it? <laughs> okay. The, okay. This is probably going to be a couple more hours of content, but I just, I, I think we literally would be destroy you. I think we would be kind of, we would, we need to do this because we'd be missing something really important that we kind of have to discuss. 
And I feel like our fans, we, we owe it to our fans to talk about this at length. Uh-huh. So I want to break this lore right open. Okay. We're going to figure out the true identity of the Masked Royal. We have been we have been recording We have been recording this episode since let me let me check my text. We have been recording this episode since before eleven PM. It is now two fifteen AM The fact that it's, it's been almost four hours. The fact that you are expecting me to put up with a joke like this. <laughs> if you guys know Sarah, she never misses a chance to make this exact joke. This is not a new joke for her. <laughs> the masked royal is cuckoo Sarah. Get it through your head. It's cuckoo it's cuckoo it's cuckoo it's cuckoo <laughs> I'm gonna go feral if we have to record any longer for this inane. It's cuckoo I think that's gonna do it for us. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm going insane. Check. Thank you for listening. Uh, check out the rest of the Dude Media Network. Yeah, um, we got good shows. Big thank you for them for hosting us. Yeah, we do thank them for hosting us and being our producer. And even more, now that producer is gonna be helping us with editing sometimes, like we announced on our Twitter. Probably not this episode because we have more time than we usually do, because we're actually being <laughs> proactive for once. But um, he's gonna help us with some other ones. And yeah. Do the usual stuff, like our episode, tell people about us, follow our Twitters, subscribe to the channel, uh, etc. Subscribe to Patreon. Yeah, check out our Patreon. If you're interested in uh, content. 